Welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. I'm Desi Serna, author of Fretboard Theory, Guitar Picking Mechanics, Guitar Theory for Dummies, and more. This podcast features free guitar lessons that focus on music theory for guitar, including guitar scales, chords, progressions, modes, composition techniques, improvisation, and more. The lessons are geared toward intermediate level players on up. You can follow along on either an acoustic or electric guitar. Bass players can take away a lot from the lessons too. Today's podcast episode is a previous recording in which I explain how the so-called caged chord system is used to play arpeggio patterns and chord inversions on the fretboard. You also hear how the caged chord system is used in familiar songs. This lesson is based on my book, Frontboard Theory, Chapter 3. Hi, I'm Desi Serna. In this free guitar lesson, you're going to learn all about the guitar chord caged system. With the caged system, you take common open forms and change them into bar chords which you can move around the guitar neck. Also, you'll break these forms into arpeggio patterns, chord voicings, chord inversions, and different chord shapes and chord fingerings. You know, of all the different types of chords you can play on the guitar fretboard, did you know that they can all be traced to one of five different forms? Either C, A, G, E, or D. You probably already learned these chords in the open position, but I bet you didn't realize that you can convert all of these chords into bar chords and move them around the neck. Also, each one of these chords can be played as an arpeggio pattern and these arpeggio patterns can be broken up to create all kinds of unique fingerings and shapes, uh, chord inversions, and chord voicings. Most people that are trying to learn how to play new chords or trying to learn how to play fancier rhythm parts think that they need to learn really, really complex chords, but actually they just need to learn variations on common chords. Let me give you some examples of some songs that are actually based on very common chords, but they just use some unique uh, shapes or some unique voicings. That sounded very much like the song Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp. Did you know that? That whole song is based on A, D, and E, yet each, yet each section of the song has a, a unique guitar sound because each section uses the same chords but uses a different inversion, uses a different um, uh, shape played in a different position on the neck. Another great example of a song that uses some interesting shapes and voicings is Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. 
There are lots of basic chords in Stairway to Heaven, but just uh, versions that you're probably not used to because you haven't learned the cage system. Tears in Heaven is another example of a song that uses basic chords, but it has some very unique shapes and voicings that are derived from the caged system. That sounded very much like The Wind Cries Mary by Jimi Hendrix. Did you know that the first part and the second part are actually the same chords, just different voicings, different shapes? You'll learn how to do this by studying the cage system. bit of Crash Into Me by Dave Matthews. It's based on a very unique chord shape and chord voicing. In fact, Dave Matthews is kind of famous for finding very unique ways to play common chords, all based on, of course, the caged chord system. This free guitar lesson is just going to focus on the first chord in the caged system, C. So let's get started together. Let's play a C chord in the open position. That's a C. It's a major chord and the root is under your ring finger on string five. That's the root C. Now you can actually move this chord shape around the fretboard and it will always produce a major chord and the root will always be on string five. But before you start moving your fingers, you need to recognize that there are two open strings that are part of this chord shape. The first string and the third string. So if you're going to move your fingers, you've got to move the open strings with them too. If you don't, then the, uh, the open string notes are not always going to be related to the chord and you'll produce something that sounds bad. So if you're going to move your fingers up, you've got to move the open strings up too. One way you could accomplish this is to put a capo on your guitar. So I'm going to clamp a capo to the first fret on my guitar. Now I'll play a C chord. And everything is moved up one fret. So this is still a major chord. And the root, the root is still under my ring finger on string 5 although technically that's not a C anymore, it's actually a C sharp. Now playing with a capo is fine, but you're still confined to the open position. If you really want to have freedom to move around the neck, and if you really want to play unique shapes and voicings, you have to learn how to play the C shape without a capo. So take, a cap take the capo off your guitar, and then use your index finger to bar across the first fret. So basically your index finger is acting like a capo. 
Now with your index finger barring across the first fret, use your remaining fingers to build the C shape. This is uh, not easy to do. It's very awkward. It's a little tough, but give it a shot. I've got everything in place. To make this easier, I'll point out that uh, you actually don't need to bar all the way across the first fret because the only open strings you need are the first string and the third string. So you only need to bar far enough to cover the first string and the third string. And then put, get all your other fingers in place. If you've done this correctly, your pinky should be playing the root on string 5, C-sharp. This is called a C-form bar chord. It's in, the, it's in the shape or form of uh, a C. In this particular position, it's actually a C-sharp. So you would say it's a C-form C-sharp chord. Now, the C-form bar chord is very awkward. It's very tough to play. Um, but it's actually rarely, if ever, used in its entirety. It's usually always changed slightly or simplified, and I'll get to that in just a minute. But with this C-form bar chord, you can move this around and duplicate the shape at any fret, and then you can produce a major chord for all the notes along the fifth string. So for example, if I move my fingers up so that my pinky is at the fifth fret on string five, that is a D chord. I would say it's a C-form D chord. The D chord in the shape of a C-form. And I can move this around and play major chords all along the fifth string. And so on. By the way, you ought to know the notes along string five and string six. Most of the chord shapes and scale patterns that you play can be traced back to those two strings, so it's really important to know the notes along those two strings. Okay, I'm going to play this C-form bar chord with my pinky at fret 5. That's a D note. This means my index finger is in fret 2. Let me get all my fingers in place. As I stated just a second ago, this shape is rarely, if ever, used in its entirety. Um, but one example of a song that you could possibly use it in its entirety is Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think technically that song was recorded with a capo, but many guitar players, myself included, actually play it using a, a full C-form bar chord. Let's talk about some ways that you can uh, simplify this bar chord shape by playing partial forms. If you've got all your fingers in place with your pinky on D at the fifth fret of string five, the first way you can simplify this is to take your pinky away. Now when you take your pinky away, make sure that you no longer strum that string. So what you're left with is just the rest of the chord, which is 
These are still the notes of a D major chord. This is still part of the quote-unquote C form. We're just not playing the whole thing. It's just a partial form. And this particular chord shape is used in the intro to Stairway to Heaven. Right here. A great song to look up and learn. You'll probably see this chord written as D slash F sharp. And what that means is it is a D chord, but rather than having the root D in the lowest position like you'd expect, uh, there is an F sharp note played in the lowest position. That's F sharp, fourth fret, string four. If you're doing this shape correctly, your ring finger should be on that note. Let's think of another way that you could simplify this C form bar chord. You could take your pinky away and you could take your ring finger away. Make sure that you do not strum the strings that you removed your fingers from. Now you're just left with three notes, which actually um, are part of an, a common open D chord. These notes just make a little triangular shape. And you could play this either by barring with your index finger and then using your second finger, or you could lift your fingers up and just build a D in a manner that you're probably more uh, used to playing D in. But either way, that little triangular shape is part of the C form bar chord. As you study the caged template chord system, you'll learn that, well, it's also part of the D form, too, of course, since D is one of the uh, five forms that uh, chords uh, are derived from. So both the D form and the C form that we're studying here have this little triangular shape in them. And you know, a lot of guitar players uh, like to take this little triangular shape and move it around the fretboard. Many guitar players, though, once they move away from the open position, have no clue what the actual chord is. Well, you know what you can do? Whenever you play a triangular shape like this, you can always visualize where your fingers would be if you were playing the entire C form bar chord. Or you can just actually put your fingers in place and play the whole C form bar chord. Once you figure out where your pinky would be on string five, then you have found your root. So for example, in this position, if I were playing the whole thing, my pinky would be at the fifth fret on string five, that's a D. So I know if I'm just playing strings one, two, and three, it's a D. If I move it up two frets, if I either play or just simply visualize the, the entire C form bar chord, I can see that my pinky would be at the seventh fret of string five, that's an E. So I know that if I'm playing this little triangular shape, that it's actually an E. So even though you may not always play the entire C form bar chord, every piece of it that you might play should still be visualized within the whole parent form. That way you can track the actual root or the actual chord name along the fifth string. Okay, let's go back to our, our 
quote unquote C form D chord. So I've got my pinky on D in the fifth fret on string five. My index finger is actually in fret two. So you can take your pinky away to simplify this. You could take your ring finger away. Um, or let's do this. Let's take away the pinky on string five and let's also omit the first string. So now we're just left with strings four, one, I'm, I'm sorry, strings four, three, and two, and your fingering should be uh, ring finger, index finger, middle finger. Remember, if you're gonna omit something, you must skip that string completely, okay? You can't just strum across all the strings. Make sure you only strum those strings that your fingers are on. So this is the C form bar chord. I'm omitting the fifth string and I'm omitting the first string. This particular uh, shape, this voicing, is the most common way that guitar players use a C form bar chord. And this shape is almost always combined with a type of an A form bar chord. Let me show you what I mean. Play an open A major chord, and I want you to play it by barring with your index finger. So instead of using separate fingers to play the A, bar with your index finger. Grab them all with your index. Straighten it out. Now, keep your index in this position. Put your middle finger on string two. Put your ring finger on string four. This should produce that partial C form that we did just a second ago. So you've got an A by barring with your index finger. You're going to put your middle finger on string two, ring finger on string four, which gives you these three notes now. That's part of a C form bar chord. It's actually a D chord in this position. So you've got an A chord. Then you can add two fingers and you have a D chord. You can hear this type of movement used in Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp. Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones has practically made his, based his whole career on this type of chord shape. Uh, many of the classic Stones tunes are based on an A form and then this C form bar chord where you just add two fingers. And what Keith Richards would do is just move around the guitar neck and just duplicate this in different positions. back to uh, the A and the D. Notice that uh, the voicing of this chord is a little bit different than uh, just a typical open A and open D. Here's an open A, a plain open A as people would normally play it. Here's a plain open D as you'd normally play it. Let me switch back and forth. Just listen to this. A, D. 
Now with the new shapes. So it has a slightly different sound because we're using a different voicing uh, for the uh, D chord specifically. We're, we're using a, a shape and a voicing that is actually derived from the C form bar chord. Also notice that if you needed to switch back and forth between A and D rapidly, once you get used to this fingering, it's actually easier to do with this voicing because you can just take, uh, add your fingers on and off like this. It's really hard to move back and forth that quickly using the uh, basic open shapes. So this new voicing uh, kind of adds an advantage once you get used to the fingering. All right, let's go back to the open position. We're going to play a plain old C chord in the open position. And I'm going to show you that there are actually some more notes related to this C chord. The C shape is actually bigger than what, uh, what you think. So here's C in the open position, open C chord. C is made up of the notes C, E, and G. And you can combine the notes in any order. You can repeat some notes, you can skip some notes, although you usually want to have at least one occurrence of uh, C, E, or G. So what this means is, is that if there are any other C's, E's, or G's in this position, well, they could be worked into this chord. So for example, hold a C chord and then grab the third fret of string one with your pinky. That's a G note. So you could play a C chord and then you could use your pinky to play a G note on top. And it's still called a C chord. Um, C has a G in it. There was a, there's a G in a C chord already. It's the open third string. So all you've done is just put an additional G in a higher octave. So this is still called a G chord. You don't need to rename, uh, excuse me, it's still called a C chord. You don't need to rename it. Now you also have a G note at the third fret of string six. So technically you could work that note into the chord. It is related to the chord. And here's how you do it. You take your ring finger off the root C and you put it on the G note and then your pinky can grab that root C to get this sound. Now, the rule is, if you change the note in the lowest position to something other than the root, then you're supposed to specify that. So, with this new shape here, we've got uh, a G note in the lowest position instead of the root C. You would call this C slash G. That means it's a C chord, but you've got G in the lowest position instead of C. C slash G. That G is a fifth interval. Having that note in the lowest position gives the chord a little bit of a lower tonality. Here it is without. 
with. Without. With. If you listen carefully to the verse, To Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd, which starts on C, if you listen carefully, you can tell that they're actually playing a C slash G. They've got a, uh, uh, a G in there. So, so you think you can tell. They also have a D slash F sharp, another shape based on the caged system, but beyond the uh, scope of this podcast. All right, back to C. The sixth string open is E. You do not normally play the open sixth string with the C chord. In fact, you were probably taught when you learned the C chord, don't play the sixth string open. But technically, it could be combined with it because E is part of a C chord. Kind of sounds muddy to put that open E um, in the root position. By the way, you'd call this C slash E. C chord with an E in the lowest position. Sounds a little muddy, but it is possible to make this work. Let me give you an example. These chord changes are similar to the verse in uh, Plush by Stone Temple Pilots, um, which plays the chords G. D slash F sharp, F, C slash E. And notice that in this sequence, the C slash E uh, works. That's an example of how you can make a C slash E sound good. Okay, so just to review, when you play a C chord, you have an extra note on the first string that you could factor in, and you have that same note available on the sixth string, same fret, that you could factor in, or the sixth string open could be factored in. So let's move this up a couple of frets and uh, try it again. I'm going to put a capo at the second fret of my guitar. So if you've got a capo, put a capo at the second fret on your guitar. Play the C shape. Technically, this is not a C in this position. It's actually a D. But it's a quote-unquote C form. So again, you have an extra note on the first string that you could factor in. Or you have the same note in the same fret on the sixth string. You can factor it in. Or you could play the sixth string open and factor it in. All right, let's take the capo off now and let's see if we can go through all of those uh, optional uh, note options without the capo. So I'm taking the capo off. Now, of course, I have to bar in the second fret. My index is barring, right? It's acting like a capo. And I'm going to use my remaining fingers to build a C shape. This is tough. It's uncomfortable, but 
Let's do it anyway. Okay, there's the C form bar chord. Now remember, we have, an, we have an optional note on the first string that we could factor in. In order to factor it into this bar chord, you're going to have to take something away. So you can take your pinky off the root. Your pinky can come over to the first string to grab that other note, but you're going to have to skip the root and skip that string now. But here's an interesting shape and voicing. Remember, this is actually a D chord. It's a quote-unquote C form, but it's a D in this position. So here's a very unique way of playing a D chord. Or your pinky could reach over to the sixth string and play the fifth fret of the sixth string. This means that you're going to have to mute string five. That's another possible... Uh, Voicing, it's kind of tough to play. Or if you put your pinky back on the root D, and if you bar all the way across the fretboard and grab the sixth string, you could put that note in the lowest position. It, uh, it, it's actually an F-sharp note. Got to take a break here. All of this uh, stretching and reaching and barring can really uh, make your hand get sore. Anyway, so anytime you play a C form bar chord in any position that you might be in, you always have those alternate notes. They, those notes will always be related to the chord regardless of what position you're in or regardless of what the actual chord is that you're using. In fact, the neat thing about the guitar, since the fretboard is just a big grid, is that you don't really need to know the notes of each chord as you move from position to position. You just need to know the shape, and then you can visualize it on the fretboard, and instantly you can see all of the notes that are available to play uh, a major chord in that position. This brings us to guitar arpeggios. An arpeggio is simply the notes of a chord played one at a time in series like a scale, going from low pitch to high pitch or high to low. So for example, we just left off playing a D using a C form, and we talked about the extra note on the first string, the extra note on the sixth string, and the other extra note on the sixth string. I'm going to play through all of the available notes that are related to this C form or this D chord in this particular position. And I'm going to play the notes in order, starting with the lowest pitch and then gradually getting higher. And I'm going to play the notes one at a time so I do not need to hold the whole chord shape. I just have to fret and play each note one at a time. And you can follow along with me. Here are all of the notes related to this shape and this chord in this position. We're going to start with the second fret of string six, F sharp. Next, we have the fifth fret of string six, A. Then we have the fifth fret of string five, D. Fourth fret, string four, F sharp. Second fret, string three, A. 3rd fret, string 2, D. 
second fret string one F sharp, fifth fret string one A. So I just played through all of the notes that are related to that chord, and I played through all of them in order high to low. Because I'm just playing them one at a time, I only have to fret and finger them one at a time. I do not have to hold all of them together. I do, however, um, grab these notes with the same fingers that I use if I were fretting the whole chord. So in other words, I use my index, pinky, and then once I get to the root D, I'm going to finger this as if I were doing the chord, you know, pinky, ring finger, index, middle, index, pinky. So this would be a C form arpeggio pattern, uh, or you could call it, or you could just simply say D major arpeggio since the actual notes are a D major chord. Once you get this down, you can play it backward, too. Now, arpeggios have many uses. I'm going to focus on uh, how they're applied to chords here. So once you map out a whole position, and you know where all of the available chord tones are, then what you can do is you can mix them up and combine them in any manner that you are able to do. So you just kind of visualize where all the notes are and then just start grabbing them in different combinations. Maybe you just play the first three strings. Or maybe you, you play the first three strings with that high note on top. No matter how you combine these notes, it will always be a C form, or it'll always be a D chord in this particular position. So it's kind of interesting all of the different ways that you can break this arpeggio pattern up and play some notes. You don't have to play all the notes, you could play just two. or maybe groups of three. You can even skip strings. You might need to finger pick to do this. So you might play a couple strings on, you might play the first couple strings and then set them all the way over on string six. Or maybe So again, you can break it up um, into all sorts of combinations. Just use your imagination. Here's an example of a pretty uh, unique shape that's derived from this C-form bar chord in this position. It sounds like this. Sounds a little strange. You can hear this used in the song Stay Together for the Kids by Blink-182. It's used in the chorus. Chorus uses a G power chord, and then it uses this uh, voicing of D, which is simply the F sharp on string six, 
and then the D on string five. That's it. A unique sound and a unique voicing. This particular uh, chord uh, shape and voicing uh, comes up now and then on the guitar, and most guitar players have no clue what it is. Uh, they probably assume it's some type of F-sharp chord, because F-sharp is the lowest note, but uh, F-sharp is actually not the root. It's the D on string 5 that is the root. You'd probably see this labeled in a music book as D slash F-sharp, meaning uh, it's part of a D chord, but it has an F-sharp in the lowest position. And if you know the C form bar chord, and if you know the arpeggio pattern, then you can quickly recognize that, oh, this shape is just part of the C form. And in, the, in, in this position, it's actually a D. So this is just a D chord. Let me show you another unique voicing you could make. I'm going to play... Just the notes on strings four, three, and two. We did this earlier when I was talking about uh, Jack and Diane and uh, Keith Richards. So I'm playing just strings four, three, and two. And then I'm going to wrap my thumb around the fretboard and I'm going to grab that F sharp on string six. So I've got, and then. If you're not good with using your thumb, well, you could just bar with your index so that your index finger holds both the third string and the sixth string. So here's a unique way of playing uh, a D chord. And I'm going to scoot this down one fret. So it's a D flat chord now. Or you could call it C sharp, I guess. Now, on its own, this voicing sounds pretty strange. Maybe even unusable. You might see it in a chord book and think, what the heck am I going to do with this? But notice how it sounds uh, as I mix it with some other chords. Listen to this. a little bit of the chorus to Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. It uses the chords F sharp minor, then you scoot down a fret and you play this uh, shape that I taught you. And it goes like an A7 with an E in the bass. So notice that in the series here, in these changes, that chord actually fits in and functions qu quite well. It's an F-sharp 7 at the end there. So those are just a few examples of how you can break up this C-form uh, bar chord and create a unique shape and a unique voicing. Of course, there are many ways that you can break it up. And, of course, you can do this in any position. 
if you're playing the C form bar chord with your pinky on D at the fifth fret of string five, well then all of these notes are D. Right? But you can move this around. If I move everything up one fret, now the chord shape is a D sharp chord. And I can duplicate the same arpeggio pattern in this position. And in doing so, I've just mapped out all of the notes related to this chord in this position. I can break them up and create all sorts of unique shapes and voicings. If I move this up again, now my pinky is at the seventh fret on string five. That's an E. I can duplicate the same arpeggio pattern. And in doing so, I've mapped out all the notes of E in this position, and I can make different shapes and voicings. And so on, up the neck. The C form bar chord is one of the most common shapes used on the guitar. And although it's not usually used in its entirety, pieces of it occur in all kinds of popular songs. This concludes today's episode. Please rate this podcast and leave a positive review. Be sure to join my email list at guitarmusictheory.com in order to receive free guitar lessons and learn more about my instructional books and videos. Once subscribed, you're welcome to reply to any message with questions, and I'll get right back to you. Once again, the website is guitarmusictheory.com, and I'm Desi Serna. Keep listening, and let me know if you need any help.